This podcast is made possible by OneStream Software and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Terry McEvely, CFO of RiskConnect, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 411. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. One of the more interesting discussions we're having with finance leaders these days is triggered by the question, how are you finding new data insights? It's a question. It's a question that never receives the same response twice. Some finance leaders quickly mention data tools. Some mention the import of new data-minded people onto their teams or the ongoing leadership challenge of establishing a data culture across the company. This episode will feature responses from five different data-minded finance leaders. We begin after these words from our sponsor. When it comes to supporting effective decision-making, finance and IT leaders are facing an unprecedented challenge amidst increasing business complexity, exploding data volumes, and market volatility. OneStream software reduces the complexity of financial operations by unleashing the power of finance with a unified platform for planning, financial close and consolidation, reporting, and analytics. OneStream helps finance leaders empower the enterprise with financial and operational insights to support faster and more informed decision-making, all in a platform designed to continually evolve and scale with your organization. To learn more, visit OneStreamSoftware.com. Our first finance leader is Daryl Cox, CFO of Vena Solutions, who made no attempt to conceal his enthusiasm for the expanding role finance is now playing when it comes to uncovering new data insights and aligning new sources of data to empower the company to look beyond the next quarter. Here's Daryl. Really 
you get in there and understand what your, your marketing uh, sales funnel looks like, what the different milestones are, what the conversion rates are, what it costs at every point, you can predict fairly early what a cost of acquisition is going to be or what your revenue is going to be and what your, ultimately your cash flow is going to look like well ahead of where you would be otherwise. I mean, it's no good just to be looking at your, your you know, end of cycle KPIs like CAC, cost of acquisition, or churn. It's way more interesting to know, like, three or four months in advance if you're, if you're trending to a nasty CAC place. And uh, if you know that in time, maybe you can turn some dials and affect it beforehand and drive some action. The, the amount of data is just piling up, right? And you have systems all over the place collecting data. The issue is, even with Salesforce and any CRM system, is you got it all piling up. Are you using it? And so, you know, you, you, you talk to your board, you talk to your, your CEO, you talk to your sales leads and your, and your uh, marketing people. What are they doing with that data? And this is one of the problems with all these different diverse data sources. They don't connect. They, you, you can't, you, and you have to connect it to tell the real story. And it's hard to get the data out of Salesforce to marry it up to the data in, like, your, your call center or, or you might use it for both, but it's not going to be as good for both as best case systems and for every use case. But you really do need to get all that data together and stitch it together and then get to the real bottom of the story. And uh, it's not enough just to have the system and to, you know, have the sales guys entering in, you know, their customer data. It's, it's about extracting it and using it. And unfortunately, Salesforce is not so good at letting you really explore your data. You've got to get it out of there. And I belong to a couple of uh, networking groups for uh, CFOs. Um, one of them is a more diverse set of companies. One of them is specifically targeted at us, uh, growth stage companies, so we're all very like-minded. And uh, we talk a lot about what is the metrics we're collecting, and we'll share confidentially, like, what does what's your CAC look like? <laughs> it's like uh, we really do uh, share a lot of data. And it, it, it's, it, it's, we're able to advance each other's causes by, by able to explore and understand what each other is doing. Um, but it's very much the thing to do is if you're not already setting up some kind of data mart or data warehouse or cross-relating all your sources of data, then, you know, you're, you're, you're probably not behind yet, but that's definitely where things are moving, is uh, bringing all that data together into a central, central place and uh, really making the most of it. Our next finance leader is CFO Jenny Cray of Calabrio. Jenny emphasized how the mindset of her team was just as important as the data insights they sought to unearth. Here's Jenny. There's so many different ways to look at data. understand the pace of the change and being able to um, be innovative in what they're doing, um, being able to come up with ideas and see them through, not just, again, come in and do exactly what they're being told, but that they can see, okay, wait, there's a faster way I can get this done. There's a faster way I can get at the data. Huh, this data doesn't look great. I think I'm going to go research it before I push it over the fence for somebody else to go find, right? So. Priorities is being is helping the team be strategically thinking about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and the data that it's providing so that we can get insights and trends as quickly as possible to help drive the business. It is really the 
the pace at which companies are growing and how quickly we are trying to get real-time data to make smart decisions about growing this pipeline, um, understanding where we're making investments and is it really paying off the way that we had intended. During our data discussion with Tim Steinkoff, the CFO of Centrify, Tim looked back in his career and picked a chapter out where the data challenge was a personnel challenge. Here's what he shared. Uh, there was a moment in my career, uh, goes back uh, a company or two, where um, the company I was at was adopting or trying to adopt a greater uh, adherence adoption of CRM on the sales side, sales and marketing side. And we had been struggling, or the you know, sales and marketing had been struggling with, you know, everybody kind of using it the same way, interpreting the data the same, and, um, you know, kind of getting much... Uh, value from it and so there was uh, you know with it with any big strategic or big system type of adoption conversion you know there can be pain points and we were certainly feeling some pain um, and so I'm on the sideline and what am I trying to do I'm trying to drive adoption so that there be better data so we could have better analysis and I can't get that unless I get people you know unless people are using it and everybody's on board so, you know, I was, you know, on the outside looking in at this, and, and it occurred to me that one of my VPs, you know, one of the guys that reported to me, understood the data model at the company better than anybody in the company. Um, and he was one of my production. He was my VP of operations. But he really understood all of our data, customer data, shipping data, sales data, because um, he, that's what he dealt with every day, all that back-end information. Um, so, you know, I went to him and I said, hey, would you take a lateral move and be the VP of sales ops and really spearhead this adoption and project? Because I feel like we have the best opportunity for success if you take it. Um, and then it also allowed us to promote his next in line, his lieutenant, who was fantastic, and we were probably going to lose if he didn't get a chance to, to move up. Um, so it was strategic for the company and for finance because we could put somebody into sales ops. We would get greater adoption. We would get a good data model from which we could get then you know, proper information to, to work with. We could also move up another person in the organization that deserved, you know, to move up and, and uh, be part of the of the management team at that level. Um, and it worked out, you know, knock on wood, uh, it worked out wonderfully. The, we did attain great adoption uh, much quicker, um, and it did drive some of our further growth because, uh, you know, because, again, we were able to get good information out of it that helped us um, in our strategic plans going forward. So um, that, was a, that was a successful item for us.
Our discussion with Fong Lee, CFO of MicroStrategy, began as more or less a discussion around personnel and how to get the appropriate people on the team, but it quickly evolved into a discussion concerning data culture. And as he mentioned to us, it's not just about data insights. It's about decision-making and quick decision-making. Here's Fong. qualified you are to be in that department, right? Um, but the, the best people in FP&A are the ones who have empathy and can understand what a person in sales is walking through, what a person in marketing, why a person in marketing wants to spend that money on digital advertising and can actually go through and help them calculate ROI and look at their, uh, th- their request and their spend on a regular basis and come back to them and say, hey, this, this, this campaign you launched, you know, maybe you should have tried it this way. And that doesn't mean they have to have been a marketing expert, but it means that they have to be interested in learning how the business works beyond just the numbers. Um, so somebody that you know comes out of business school is a great profile. Somebody that comes from another department is a great profile. Somebody that comes right out of undergrad is a great profile for that, right? Like, you know, they go to a top school and, and they're just creative and willing to listen and agile, right? Uh, it's a very, very different profile. Some, sometimes you can train people to change, Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, you have to change people up. With the advent of analytics uh, and the democratization of analytics, a lot of times what I'll see in different organizations is people excited about the analysis and the number and the graph and the pretty chart and the report. And they'll spend hours and hours making sure the axes are perfect. And But they're not really talking about what to do to fix the business. They're just showing a new analysis. Uh, and so that's part of the culture, too. Uh, is the transparent information leads to quicker decision-making. And, and that's what this is all about when you, when you get down to the bottom of it, being a business leader or uh, being an analytics company. It's helping better and faster decisions get made. We'll feature our fifth data-minded finance leader. After these words from our sponsor, the business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Okay, our fifth finance leader is Steve Love, CFO of Dialpad. Now, Steve begins by going to the intersection of future automation and data. He views them together, hand in hand. But along the way, he touches on a key hire that Dialpad made. He also talks about data visualization and the important role it plays when it comes to sharing data insights across the organization and up and down the organization. 
Here's Steve. Yeah, you know, we've been so lucky in finance over the last couple of decades with uh, big systems being rolled out uh, that help you automate the heavy lifting piece. So while that's still interesting, I think the most uh, the area most ripe for automation is data insights, you know, pre- and, and presentation of those insights. So all organizations today are just a wash of data. You know, the opportunity uh, with this automation is systematic and efficient gathering, cleaning, reporting of accurate, that's important, and timely, also important, uh, information to drive the insights and decisions. Uh, while, while uh, you know, the gathering and the cleaning part, there's been improvements there. The biggest part for the, that can still improve is the opportunity for the presentation of the insights. You know, it's, it's so many of us uh, historically have used have used Excel, and you know, there's limit. While I I love that program, there's there's limitations for it uh, of using it in terms of the sharing. Let me tell you something we've done recently at, here at Dialpad. So we, like many companies, we have an operating platform that contains a ton of data from our products that are relevant to operating metrics, including the number of customers price, usage, growth, churn, and other metrics. In its typical and small or mid-sized high-growth companies, in particular, like our company, we're doubling year over year in revenue. The vast data was only queried when there was a really urgent question or a problem of some kind. So this is uh, in contrast to a systematic approach of pulling the data consistently into, a, into an easily queried format, driving consistent reporting, then understanding those trends and drivers and consistency is such a big piece of that. So this isn't easy, and we all know it's not like finance people are just loafing around. You know, this t- this takes time, and rarely do finance teams have excess time on their hands. So we took two important steps. One number one, we hired a, uh, a dedicated financial analyst to be our engine on data and reporting, and number two, we used a tool. And there's lots out there for, in our case, data visualization. We already had Domo, a tool that we had already licensed uh, and used by uh, a couple different departments in the company. So we thought, great, we've got a tool. People log in, they know it. So we trained up on that product, and we use that as our corporate reporting tool. Now, we in finance produce a number of key metrics, and not just revenue, but a lot of stuff, like the metrics I mentioned, customer growth, churn, revenue, all this great stuff that aren't strictly associated with finance. And we uh, distribute those across the business. They're available on an app, you know, be it on your computer, whatever device you're using. And also we use a subset of those to drive our, our executive weekly operating uh, cadence. Each each day, each week, we spend, spend the first hour of a two-hour meeting reviewing the same metrics. And it's that consistency well, with accurate and timely data that help us drive the business. So I think making the process to share those insights and then driving the discussions and decisions in an efficient and effective manner for all companies, that's that's the next great opportunity. And not having to have dedicated people who are your, you know, your you know, your application folks, making the tools easy to use. That, I think, is a, is a great opportunity, uh, the next, next great frontier uh, in automation for finance. When we think about where we want to, I think about priorities, I think where I want to invest. And for that, it's an automation to reduce the time we spend on the manual tasks, in this case, you know, uh, gathering the data and cleaning it, making sure it's right. Uh, and this will enable us to spend more time on the analysis and the insights. You know, and this is, a, I think, a continuation of the trend we've seen in the last two decades. When, when if you go back then, when I started my career, the CFO was seen as engaged in the business, but now most people in finance are helping drive the business in different ways, you know, via analysis or helping with customer negotiations, giving information to the business that they previously didn't have. It's finance team members, regardless of the position, 
need to have the skills to engage with and analyze data, which is increasingly going beyond deep Excel skills to engaging with programs uh, associated typically with programmers. Here's a, a great recent example. So I mentioned earlier that uh, part of the way we approached uh, making sure we understood our data and, and, and presented the data and helped drive decisions across the business. Uh, well, we hired, well, first thing we did was we hired a, a senior financial analyst. Guy's great, started earlier this year. And he had all those skills we, we looked for. Uh, then he did something that was really fantastic. Shortly into his term here, he was working with a dedicated data analyst in our product group who worked with, worked with, the, worked with the platform, actually pulled stuff out of the platform. But he, he always had, our analysts always had to wait for this individual uh, to, to present the data. So what he did was start to learn the basics, or he learned the basics of SQL programming language. He went online. It's a great resource, many of them. He went to the Code Academy online so that he could extract the data from our production system. So the guy actually, so inquisitive, so engaged with the business and the data, uh, he actually decided to broaden his skills, went online, learned, and now he pulls data directly out of the production system using a program language. He may not be an expert, but he knows enough to get the data that he needs and not be relying upon someone in another group. You know, that is just, just fantastic. And I think that's a, currently a little bit of, a, of a, an extreme example, but I think increasingly, especially for, for data analysts, but other people too, they'll start to do the same kinds of things. So, you know, it's the curriculum, you know, for kids coming through college these days, that's changed. What we're looking for people to do has changed. And now you see how the work environment's changing as well. And so what I also think of as a leader, not only do we need to bring these people aboard looking for maybe some different skills, but now we have to have, a, a, I think, an increased emphasis on ongoing education and development so the folks we hire with these great skills continue to develop them in response to the changing environment. Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey. Your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.